What up, what up, what up everyone? Welcome to episode 199. You heard that right, episode 199 of Combo's Court. And I am Combo. Tell a friend to tell a friend about the show. And don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button wherever you listen to Combo's Court. We here at Combo's Court would greatly appreciate it. Today's show is a recording from the MVP podcast with Max Van Auken. We actually recorded this Sunday night, so keep that in mind. We talked Eastern Conference Finals. We talked Western Conference Finals and some MVP talk as well. You could find Max on Instagram at Max underscore Van underscore Auken. That's M-A-X underscore V-A-N underscore A-U-K-E-N. You know you could find me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. We'll get into a quick word from Max, then his intro music, and then we'll get right into the show. Let's get into it. Boom. What's up, guys? Thank you for tuning in to the Max Van Auken podcast. However you are listening, Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, please leave five stars. Please download, rate, and subscribe and tell a friend. Um, also, some of my interviews are on YouTube, Max Van Auken. That's V-A-N space A-U-K-E-N. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Max Van Auken. Um, but before we get started with my guest, Andrew Combo Salop, a good friend of mine, colleague, um, it's always an honor when he's on. I want to stop and I want to tell you guys about NFL Barbershop. It's right off Seabreeze at Daytona Beach, Florida, um, right on Beachside. NFL Barbershop. Look it up. Uh, Tommy Guns is the owner of the shop. He is an awesome dude. Uh, Gio, who cuts my hair. They have so many fantastic barbers, and there's nothing like uh, just having a fresh cut, looking good uh, wherever you go. That's just kind of an essential part of life is having a hair cut. Um, and that no one does a better job. So NFL Barbershop, Daytona Beach, Florida, right off Seabreeze. You can't beat it. Affordable prices. The best barbers in town. Look fresh. Get back in the game. NFL Barbershop. But without further ado, my guest, Andrew Combo Salop. I am joined by my good friend, colleague, uh, Combo, Andrew Combo Salop from Combo's Court. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing well, man. It's always great being on the MVP, and uh, it's always great talking basketball with the one and only Max Van Auken. Wow. Yeah, I appreciate that. I uh, I really enjoy our combos, man. We just, we had, it's the MC show. I don't know if we're officially running with that, but that's what I'm calling it temporarily. I just, 
We go tit for tat. We kind of give and go. I like the chemistry. It's not like the Clippers. No, it's definitely not like the Clippers. We're out here, Max. We are out here, man. Yes, sir. I just watched um, Eastern Conference Finals, Game 3. Heater up 2-0. And I know a lot of people think Miami Heat are going to advance to the finals. And I'm sticking strong with my preseason pick. I had the Lakers-Celtics in the finals, so I'm still rolling with Boston. I said Boston in seven. Um, and they won. They won this game. I, combo, it sounds weird. I'm not thrilled with the victory. Like, obviously, they need this was a must-win game. You don't want to go down 0-3. But I just feel like they lack execution late. Like, they were having trouble with the zone defense that Spo came up with for the Miami. And they finally kind of figured out that 3-2 defense. you got to attack the gap, attack the paint. I felt like often they were just settling for long jumpers and step backs. And they, they were just bailing the defense out. And now they made them work. They attacked the gaps. They had progress. They looked good. But whenever... Boston, I mean, Miami starts to make a run again. It's like they just kind of tense up towards the end, and they almost blew this game. Like they, luckily, they had a big enough lead where they didn't. I'm not liking their execution late whatsoever. Yeah, and what's up with the in-game adjustments? Because we could go rewind back to game two. I mean, they really made no adjustments against the zone, and Miami tried the zone, and they just stayed in it, and it really hurt the Celtics. You know, they didn't have anybody playing the middle. I think they did a better job of that this game with um, Gordon out there. I think he's like a great glue guy and not helped him a lot. But, man, I feel like they have to do a better job of adjusting mid-game. And you're right, man. The late-game execution was no bueno. It was no bueno tonight, man. Yeah, they they luckily, just like I said, had enough cushion. But it's like, I know for some reason, like Tatum's the best guy in this team. Jalen Brown played a huge game. But it seems like Kemba's their go-to in the crunch. And I just felt like they changed their style of play to what was originally working. And then when it gets close, they just play a completely different ball game. Like they had unnecessary turnovers. Um, I'm not really going to fault Jalen Brown for that late flagrant. I, I don't know. I was always taught combo in basketball. I mean, I went to Vince Carter's camp because he's from Daytona Beach, and so right, right down the street, I went to Mainland's basketball camp, and he taught me the triple threat. And when you just kind of swing through. I've always been taught coaches like, hey, you better make sure they don't want to reach. You swing through hard. And it seems like now players are able to kind of get in that personal space and draw fouls off that swing through. So I'm not going to fault Jalen Brown's turnover there, but Kemba's turnover late. And then luckily Marcus Smart kind of bailed him out by being aggressive and going to the rim. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that – do you blame that on just a young team? Uh, do you blame that on Brad Stevens coaching? What? What? Why do you think that is? I think it's a combination of a bunch of things. And I do think that Kemba isn't 100%. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Um, he doesn't seem like the same Kemba. He doesn't seem like Charlotte Hornets Kemba or even early Boston Celtics Kemba. Yeah. Um, but I feel like he is the X factor because it seems like Jalen Brown uh, and Jason Tatum are going to come through for the rest of the series. And it really depends on how Kemba plays because I don't think he could let Goran outplay him and then the Celtics win at all and win, win this series. So... We'll see how Kemba goes, you know, the rest of the series. I don't believe he's 100%, though. I would say he's about 80 right now. How do you feel about that? No, I would agree with that. That's a great point. I was talking to Rob, and I was like, man, do you remember Kemba and Charlotte? Like, it just felt like you knew what you were getting a little bit more with him than what you're getting now, to your point. Yeah, yeah, and we've never seen him in important playoff games, right? So it's a little bit different. They crowd him. He's uh, They scheme against him. They play zone against him, which hurt him a little bit. But I do think it's a combination of that, and he's I think he's not 100%, to be honest. And his knee, it was weird because he had some knee issues, and then they even 
said it was public knowledge that he wasn't 100 percent, which is weird after all that rest you know the quarantine was a long time yeah what was it, three months yeah so no i think that's we'll a, see what develops with that that's a smart that's a smart observation now why didn't jimmy play towards the end i, I like late in the game he wasn't on the offensive end and they didn't even sub him in for the defensive end i don't know if he was like something like a nagging injury or not or whatnot but he didn't really have the greatest game either this game now luckily Miami's just kind of they have so many different things they can throw at you Bam can get off Dragic can get off Tyler Hero had a tremendous first half Um, Duncan Robinson hit some big shots so they have multiple ways to attack you they don't just rely on Jimmy but I felt like Jimmy never really found his groove this game either yeah, he always waits, it seems like. like He likes to get everybody else involved, and then he flips the switch, and then he just wasn't able to flip the switch tonight. Yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe he was too he was up too late selling coffee for $20 a cup. <laughs> I don't know, Mac. I just don't know. Did you hear about that? Yeah, I did. You I know, saw his T-shirt. Bubble, right? Yeah, I saw that T-shirt, too. I mean, all hats off to Jimmy. Yeah, man, he's uh, he's making business moves in the bubble. <laughs> but yeah, you know, he usually like lets everybody else get involved early. And I really do think if he wanted to, he could average his PPG could be higher if he wanted it to. I agree. I really think he likes getting everybody else involved. But have we ever seen a team where the where a team a championship team where the best player doesn't lead the team in scoring? When was the last time we saw that? I don't. I mean, I'm not saying this team will win the championship, but. I would, it would be crazy to see like a team where the best player isn't the leading scorer and then win it all. Everyone keeps comparing them to the Pistons, Billups Pistons. So who led the, who led their team in scoring? Was it Billups? I'm pretty sure it was Billups. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, he was arguably their best player, him or Ben, right? Yeah, no, yeah, but I think yeah. when you think of that team, you do think of Billups, though. Yeah, so he was their leading scorer and their best player, if we're not mistaken. On this team, I think Jimmy's obviously. The best player, but Gordon is really going to score, which is interesting. Yeah, it's a great point. Um, kind of a side note: Are you a coffee guy, Combo? I am a coffee guy. I am a coffee guy. Are you? Yeah, oh, here's the funny thing: So I used to drink coffee every day, and then okay, I got introduced to espresso. I'm like, I love espresso, and then I'm like, I love frozen. I just love coffee. And then one time, yeah. I was like sitting down and. Uh, I think I was working. I was lifting weights, and Rob's like, "Bro, why is your hand shaking so much?" And I'm like, "I didn't have coffee today." He's like, "Are you serious?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's bad, isn't it?" And I'm like, "You know what? Let me let me stop." So I'm like, "Can am I addicted to coffee?" I'm like, "Is that a thing?" People are like, "Oh yeah, you can be addicted to coffee." I was like, "Let me try to quit." So, but I, how many cups? Wait, I don't think if you were drinking one cup, I don't think you could be addicted. If you were drinking like five and then you stop cold turkey, I believe that could be the case. How much coffee were you drinking, Max? Um. Well, I was one a day, and then I ended up uh, – I work at Nike. So then I was like, wow, there's a Dunkin' literally right there at the outlet. So I was like, okay, I'll go in my 15s, and I was at least having two cups a day. Big ones? like, like Oh, yeah, like you got to go big or go home. So I would get a, <laughs> I'd get a, large, ice co- a large vanilla iced coffee, cream, no sugar. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a sugar addiction too, though. You got to be careful, man. Yeah, so I quit cold yeah, turkey, bro. It's been months. You quit? Yeah, it's been months. Wow, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I stopped. Yeah. I was like, let me stop. So yeah, now yeah. I go to Dunkin'. Yeah, I'm a coffee guy, man, but uh, I, I try and only drink one a day, one cup a day. That's, that's the goal. Okay. All right. I'm, yeah. I, yeah, I, like I said, I stopped. But, um, anyway, back to the NBA. So I have Boston. I still have faith in Boston. I, I definitely have some concerns, but I'm sticking to my pick. I'm not going to jump off of it. Um, how do you see this series playing out? Has anything changed for you? No, I, I had Miami in seven before uh, the series started. 
Um, I was actually on a show called Real Fans, Real Real Talk. We talked about that. I said I think Miami would go in seven. I would win it in seven. But you know, as as I got Zach likes to say, it is a coin flip. I think that, I think it's pretty close. These two teams. I do think the Heat are a better basketball team. But man, bringing back Gordon Hayward changes things a little bit. You know, no, it changes does. things a little bit. I didn't really realize that he was going to be back um, this early. You know, I didn't realize it. Neither did I. And but I, I, I'll stick with I'll stick with Miami in seven. I'll stick with that, Max. Okay. No. And I was telling Rob, I was like, because we just always watch the games here, and I was like, you know, even if he doesn't drop a crazy amount of points, just the fact that he's on the court, it's almost like glue guy. Yeah, he's just glue it's guy. a glue guy, a veteran, and somebody that the defense has to worry about because the guy can stretch the floor. He can obviously hit the shot. So, yeah, he makes a difference whether he's scoring or not. The whole defense just has to prepare a little differently when he's on there. My last question for you about this series would be – And one more thing, Max. One more yeah. thing. On it. it's, hard to play, it's harder to play zone when you have a guy like a three-level scorer like Gordon on the court. For sure. Know? For sure. Yep. Um, what, his mustache has to go, though. I wanted to just throw that in very quickly. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? I mean, I know the rough look has been the thing for the bubble – but I mean, like that. I was like, yeah, that you're not pulling that one off. That's just my opinion. Yeah. But all power to him, I yeah. guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Why would I'm, you? I'm a, I'm a bit. I'm a, like myself. I, I rock the beard. You know, I'm, I'm beard and mustache together. I would. I would never go that route. No, I saw you just got a fresh cut. I saw that last post. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have to hit the barbershop. You know what I mean, Max? I like it. You got to get it done. The newest sponsor to the podcast is right down in Daytona Beach, Florida, off Seabreeze and NFL Barbershop. Yes, sir. They give the best fresh cuts. So that was a nice little plug-in right there. Um, There you go. But my last question for you would be, why, why do they start off where they're down at halves? Like, even the games that they've won, they had to come back. Why is it that they're kind of a slow starting team? It's a lot because of Jimmy. Like, Jimmy's getting everybody else involved, and then he takes over, and he just makes all the right plays late. And uh, he didn't really get that done today. Right, But I see that Jimmy coming back. And um, maybe that really helps the team in the long run. Maybe he could, uh, you know, he could raise his PPG and play a little bit, look to score early and keep it close early. But maybe it's to the benefit of the team to get everybody involved early and have them going. Even if they're, even if it's somewhat of a slow start, what do you see with it? No, I, I think you kind of nailed it. I, I really do. I think he is just kind of a slow starter, and he is kind of the heart and soul of the team. So it's just yeah. they kind of feed off him a little bit. Yeah, I, it's just weird. Like I don't think it's coaching. I think Spo does a terrific job. Yeah, I just think maybe they just take a while to kind of figure out the different look. Like Spo said uh, before the game, he was like, "Hey, every single game is different. It's going to be different looks. It's going to be different energies." So I just think maybe they just have to adapt and kind of react to what Boston throws at them. Um, I want to transition into this. So, Combo, I actually haven't even got to reflect on my podcast about what I saw with the Clippers. A couple days has passed, so I'm not going to sit here and just say everything that everyone's already heard because they've already heard all of that. Um, right. I, I like I, I'm not into bashing players, but I'm also going to call it spade a spade. Like. I'm a Braun guy. I criticized him last year. I thought he wasn't the best leader. It kind of felt like he wasn't really activated, and then he responded with a terrific year. Chemistry is great. He's a great leader. In my opinion, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, the Clippers, I hate using this word, but I think they choked. I don't think you can necessarily blame it on chemistry because you're up 3-1. You're up at these halves. Uh, I don't think you can necessarily blame it on load management because, like I said, you're clearly showing that you're the better team. You guys look fine. I just think that they had expectations that no none of the players this organization's never had before, 
and I don't think it's the end of the world. I think it's terrible, but I think they'll bounce back next season. Um, what is your takeaway going forward with that whole unit? Because I've heard some things like, hey, you never know. Uh, uh, not Jerry Jones. Um, oh, my God. What's why am I blanking right now? The front office guy. Jerry West? Jerry West. Thank you, Jerry West. Don't say the front office guy. He's one of the greatest shooting guys to ever live, Max. Come I know, on, but he did, he, what he did with the <laughs> Lakers, what he did with the Warriors, it's like he's one of the most yeah. successful guys that's been able to do it everywhere. Um, Great basketball mind. Yeah, really. Probably the greatest. Could be the greatest. Yes. Could be the greatest basketball mind. That's yeah. what I'm saying. So that's how, that, credit to him. That's what I know him now. Um, yeah. But anyway, he's very aggressive, and he's like he likes to make moves and kind of just throw people off i've heard maybe paul george gets traded maybe they trade i mean they say doc rivers is safe but do they look into a different option there what is your takeaway with everything because obviously in the in the moment it's the end of the world now given that some time has passed what is your perspective of the whole situation well let's rewind back to one of your points when you said they choked let let's uh, focus in on Kawhi leonard do you believe that he got tight and got nervous and actually choked like, yeah. is that is that what you saw? Is yeah. that what you saw? I, I did. I think not that necessarily he's going to fold in clutch moments because we've seen him deliver in clutch moments. I just think it was a different situation that he's not used to. People forget when he won the finals MVP in San Antonio, he wasn't the guy. Like, he had games in that finals MVP where only he scored nine points, but that was Duncan's team, Tony's team, Ginobili, Pop. He just was a pivotal piece that stepped up. Uh, Toronto. I think the focus was more on, wow, that was such a weird situation with his injury, the way he escaped uh, San Antonio. I know he wants to be the best player, but no one really thought Toronto was going to win the championship. But now with the Clippers, most media personalities and fans, I mean, of course, you and I didn't believe so, or Shannon Sharp or Nick Wright, but most thought that the Clippers were going to win the championship. And the conversation of him being the best player in the world was had more than ever. Again, not you and I, but... A lot yeah, of people had I that. Ne- I never saw that. Yeah, so yeah. now you're not only blowing a 3-1 lead, which he hasn't done before, you're now trying to be the best player. You know you have to deliver, and the Clippers championship is on your shoulders. So I just think this was an expectation that he never had. And I just think expectations are everything in life, relationships, business, sports. And I just think this was an unfamiliar situation to him. And I just have no other way to describe it because him and Paul George were missing shots they always make. Um, not scoring in the fourth quarter, two points in the second half. Like, you know the statistics. Paul George, wide open in the corner, hitting the side of the backboard. Like, not just missing yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that, that's, there's something mental going on with that one. I mean, if he shot that shot a hundred times in a game, that would never happen. Yeah, you know, it's the way the they were. Part. Yeah, it's just the way yeah. they, the way they folded, I think is what's make. It's not like he dropped 37 and they lost or 25 or. No, like I've seen him in the fourth quarter's previous games, and he hit some big shots even when they lost. And it's like he just yeah. did not show up. He just looked like he just kind of disengaged. Yeah, that's see that I, I'm with that. I think he disengaged. I don't think he really choked. I feel like it was a combination of a lot of things with their whole team. I don't think Kawhi choked. Like I don't think he got tight and nervous. And like I think he, he first of all he looked tired. Like everything was short. You know, he looked tired. And then there was no chemistry throughout the whole team. Um, and another thing, it really looked like they didn't want to be there. Like, they just didn't want to be in the bubble. I know that sounds crazy, but that's what it looked like to me. Right. And But my only thing with, with to that would be, okay, so you guys clearly didn't take the regular season as serious as others. Right? I think we can all agree on that. 
So then you load manage, which you may need, but it's like, okay, so you load manage, didn't take the regular season as seriously. This is the moment that you're really supposed to show up and play seriously then and want it more because the regular season was kind of a joke to you. So now you have the moment. I, I, like, how could you be fatigued when you sit out more than everybody? Yeah, I guess because you're not used to stringing that many games in a row together. Like, I think Kawhi was used to playing when he wanted to play or play. And obvi- and it could be for a good reason. I'm sure I'm sure it's because he has a problem with his leg. You know, I don't know what the exact problem is, but there's a reason he's load managing. No, I agree. Um, I don't think he – like, it, it, it's almost a necessity for him. But I do think it's hard to recreate that when you get to the playoffs and you're playing so often, even though it did work for him in Toronto. Um, the chemistry just wasn't good, man. And going forward, man, uh, like they're gonna have to run it back. I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if Jerry West wants to trade Paul George, but I don't really see it happening. I think they should try and run it back. It's a quick turnaround. We're gonna be right back here with the series. What kind of moves would you like to see them make? Uh, I just, I don't know. I, I, I just think. The West is going to be even better next year. You're going to have the Warriors reloaded. Um, obviously, this Lakers team, I believe AD stays, and I think they're going to try to trade a Kyle Kuzma. Um, I really do. I think they're going to try to be aggressive and get like a Beal. We've talked about that. I don't know if they can money-wise or a Victor Oladipo or even a Dragic. I think they're going to get somebody. Um, like I Ooh, said, then, Dragic would be Dragic would be just what they need, right? Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, Beal. I mean, obviously, Beal too. Yeah, I mean, Beal is better than Dragic, but but both of them, you know. Yeah, Dragic really is probably a little more realistic. And then the Mavs, obviously, we know you and Luca, like they're going to be better. Yeah, that's yeah, another be year, better. and especially if Porzingis is healthy. Yeah, that's what know? I'm saying. So, and wow. then if if Porzingis stayed healthy, and on top of that, they ejected him. That what was it? Game two? Yeah, you, game you two, can make right? the argument they would beat the Clippers. Yeah. Yeah, I think they really would have had a great chance to beat them. You That's know? what I'm saying. So then I didn't even I really talk do. about Denver, who's in the Western Conference Finals. I think Michael Porter Jr. wins most improved, maybe even Jamal. Like, So then not, we didn't even talk about Jokic. So then that's Denver. I think Utah's going to bounce back. Donovan played. He's going to be hungry the way he lost. And then, of course, we don't know what Houston's going to do. So for, in order for the Clippers to do what they want to do, I think some changes are going to be made. But... Luckily, I'm not Jerry West. I'm not necessarily sure what that move would be, but I would explore options for Paul George, and I'm not just saying that as a prisoner of the moment. I just don't know if that Kawhi's not vocal, and yeah. I think Paul George isn't vocal, and yeah. I think they lacked leadership. And I know Pat Bev is vocal, but I think Pat, Pat Bev isn't talented enough to be the leader. So I think in order for them to kind of change, because if you remember Combo the year before this year when they brought the warriors into 6 they were, they had a completely different culture like they were tough they did show up they they did a lot better than what people thought they were going to do and then they're like oh just plug in paul just plug in Kawhi. but what that did was change the culture so i just think that there's a different mentality that they were going to want to shift so i'm not necessarily sure what but i think they do have to do something yeah and and, and your best player doesn't necessarily have to be your leader. Like, I think we've seen teams, like like when the Knicks were good, Jason Kidd was an older player, right? And he was... Right, right. And uh, they were, like, good for that one or two seasons when they had... I think they had even won 60 games. Carmelo was obviously their best player, but Jason Kidd was their leader. And then you even seen the Mavericks win a championship with Jason Kidd was an older player, and he was probably a big part of that leadership. Obviously, Dirk was his... But, man, you need somebody like that in the locker room if your best player isn't. 
vocal, you know? For sure. So it would be important to get somebody like that. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of guys like that that you could get. Um, but I think you definitely have to get a, a, a vocal leader. Even though Jason Kidd actually wasn't even a, a super vocal guy when he was a player, but he's still a, a leader. You yeah, know? 100%. He's always a leader. Yeah. Um, I do want to transition and to talk about leadership. That's one thing that I love about the Lakers, LeBron James, yeah, wow. uh, Rondo. I think one thing that I love about Rondo is people think of the dimes and his assists and playoff Rondo and his defense. The leadership, like if you when you just watch the games and sometimes you'll see AD get frustrated or Kuzma will get frustrated and Rondo kind of just brings everyone in in the huddle. And like to me yes. – that's so valuable. It's not you're not going to see that on a stat sheet. That's not going to end up on a plus or minus. But the constant communication that he demands of the team is so crucial and valuable to the team. Um, I think it's really kind of just blossomed here in the playoffs. Um, the Lakers just looked phenomenal. I think they're hitting their stride, clicking on all cylinders. Braun's got to love it. He's finally able to rest. He only scored 15, but obviously was dishing a lot of assists. AD went off. Uh, you got contributions from Conwell Pope. Rondo's playing good. Kuz. Danny Green looks like he's finally shooting it with confidence again. Um, they blew him out. Do you think this is going to be a dangerous, dangerous series for the Nuggets where it could even be a four or five games? I thought it would yeah. be Lakers in six. That's what I said, too. Yeah, I thought it would be Lakers in six, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Lakers in five. I think they're going to make uh, you know quick work of, of Denver, but, I mean, the way that uh, Jamal Murray keyed up. They'll probably win a game or two. The, I mean, Jokic is such a great player. The, th- the key is with this is that what's so different be- between this, between the Lakers and the Clippers, they don't have to double Jokic. No. When you start right. having to double Jokic, you know, it's just, that's dangerous, man. You just can't double that guy because he's such a great passer. And on top of that, they got some players that are great cutters as well on that team. So it, they could throw these bodies where they don't have to double him. You know, you could you got Dwight Howard, which Dwight Howard was playing all star level physical basketball. basketball, and that's something Jokic has not seen. Like again, something that won't show up on the stat sheet. I don't mean to cut you off, but I, that just that was my point. Is look, Dwight Howard was just getting and frustrating Jokic like he's never seen before. He was just getting physical do, with him. Do you feel like that was all star level? What Dwight was doing, I do. Like, yeah, I, I really think that was high level what he was doing. I do, especially for the center position now. Like you, yeah, yeah, exactly, for sure, for sure. So yeah, man, I, um, I think the Lakers are going to win it all, as we always said, and uh, and uh, the Jordan and LeBron debates will be back in full effect <laughs> if you like them or not. I'm not saying I like them. I'm just saying what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Matt? I, I absolutely <laughs> love it. I love it. It's MJ. You do, you drop a documentary, which I loved. Um, Bron will give you a ring during the pandemic, uh, during the just the tragedy of 2020 so far. The p- pandemic, Kobe's passing, and it's just going to yeah. be such a sick. One thing I think it was Chris Broussard said this, and he was like, "Okay, people can say Jordan has the six rings, uh, but one thing you can't dispute is LeBron's rings are arguably the most impactful. Like coming back three to one, seventy three and nine team." Um, obviously the San Antonio series that you have that crazy game six and then it goes game seven. He has a great performance. If he were to win it, talk about another impactful storyline to win it in 2020. I just feel like they're just such big stories. They feel like blockbuster movies. Yeah, I'm with you. Do you believe on the other hand that the doubters, the haters will start saying there's an asterisk? The Clippers lost. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. It's an easy uh, path. Miami, like if, let's say Miami <laughs> wins it. They're not a traditional you know, finals team per se, 
Yeah. And uh, they'll say it was an easy pass for Le- uh, easy pass for LeBron, and and uh, this championship isn't worth as much, which is absolutely crazy. Oh yeah, but it's definitely going to. I think we might hear that combo one hundred percent. You're going to hear it, and people will completely forget how the Clippers were the favorites to win it. Everyone picked the Clippers. It's going to be the easiest path and the bubble, and uh, yeah, you're going to hear that because I think I had people on my Instagram comments like so confident that. The Clippers were going to win. Yeah. I think one guy was saying, like, this is a man's team. And, like, he was, like, so confident. <laughs> and and I don't even, like, I'm very confident that the Lakers, through most of the season, I was very confident that the Lakers won. But I'm not, like, in people's comments, like, like um, you know, poking my chest out about it. Like, you know, this, like, people were so confident about the Clippers, you know. Yeah. You're a smart insane. guy, Combo. That's why you're a get-it guy. Um, yeah. The last thing I'm going to uh, hold you with your time, Combo, thank you again for your time, is the MVP award. I've said this for since I've been doing podcasts, Combo. I was like, you know what? Why don't we just rename the MVP award to best player? And then, like, the players can actually feel like it means something and it could go on your resume. Well, isn't, that, isn't that the same thing right now? I mean, I think both of those awards, most valuable player and best player award, in our opinion, would be the same person, right? No, but that's the thing. It's not, though. Because you can't tell me that, like, this is my whole thing. Like, I, I like Giannis. I actually got to talk to him. I love the fact that, and I talked to him out of the chip on his shoulder, that people forget he didn't just come in the Liga star. He had to work for everything he's got, and that's why I respect it so much. And I have no problem with him getting it. I think it's Braun, but I have no problem with him getting it. I just think we have so many different definitions of valuable, and it's not the best player anymore. Like, you can't tell me that Russell Westbrook was ever better than LeBron. But it was a better storyline. It was the divorce with KD. It was the triple-double. Like, you can't ever tell me Russell Westbrook or James Harden was ever more valuable than Steph Curry or KD or Braun. He wasn't. He just had a better season. So are we judging this MVP off statistics? Because if so, then Harden should get it almost every year. Are we doing it off narratives? Because then, there's like I just feel like there's so many different things that we're going by. Like, when LeBron did his interview... And he he had a great point. When he was supposed to win Defensive Player of the Year, they gave it to Mark. He's like, I finished in second that year, but Mark Gasol finished on the second All-NBA defensive team. How did he get it over LeBron if he finished on the second team? He wasn't even on the first team. So, like, I just feel that the media is, it could be a little LeBron fatigue as well. Like, Carl Malone, take Carl Malone's best year. He was never more valuable than Jordan. Like, he was never a better player than Jordan. So how are we, how are we voting? Like, what is the definition of valuable? Yeah, I mean, I've said this before. No matter who wins the award, LeBron is the most valuable player in the NBA. Facts. I mean, I think, mo- I think most people would agree with that, right? Yeah, I mean, the playoffs is where it honestly shows. I know it's a regular season award, and I get that. But, I mean, when you looked at the Rockets series against the Lakers, no one in their right mind would say Harden's more valuable. I mean, Giannis is getting the award through Zoom. Like, he didn't beat the Miami Heat, which they were the favorites to make it out of the East. So I just feel like this bubble kind of highlighted valuable. And I think that's why most people feel like LeBron kind of got snubbed of it is because they see it right now, but it is a regular season award. I just feel like we constantly have this debate year after year. It's almost like the dunk contest. Like we all know the dunk contest needed to be changed. And it's like, okay, finally they kind of changed the dynamics a little bit. And it's like the MVP, I just feel like every single year we're having the conversation where somebody got it who probably isn't the most valuable. 
Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. You know, I always thought, I mean, I think ever, most people would say that LeBron is the most valuable player, but I know it's a regular season award and people like to go by stats and, and, uh, and all that stuff. But I don't think anybody could really argue who brings the most value to their basketball organization. I mean, it's clearly LeBron. Right. And so for him to only get 16 votes is just crazy to me. Like, I just. Yeah, what? that is crazy. That, that's insane. I mean,. So what is it like? Over a hundred people that yeah didn't that didn't vote for him. Yeah, that's like how is that even possible? Yeah, yeah. Even if like some of the, even if it was like sixty percent Giannis or something, because everybody, as you said, has their own uh, criteria, right. you know. But 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 that little vote is insane. That's what you I'm know? saying. It just it's just something's off, but. Combo, I appreciate your time. You're up late. You're always willing to do a podcast, and I appreciate you. Um, where can people find you? You have one of the best Instagrams out right now, always delivering content and great questions. You have your podcast. You have, uh, you've been more active on Twitter. I see you on Twitter. So what are all your I'm, handles? You know, I, I like talking more than tweeting, but, I'm, I'm, you know, you got to work on everything. you got to work on the whole shebang. I love it. Sometimes, like, I, sometimes I got a point that I'm like, thinking about it in my head and I write it down and it's just not the same as when I thought about it or when I speak it, but I'm working on Twitter, Max. I'm working on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram at one, two combo. That's O N E T W O C O M B O combo is court wherever you list the podcast. And uh, you can also find me on the MVP show, man, with Max Van Alken. So I appreciate here, it. Here. You are uh, the, like the, you're always a demand to come on my show. People absolutely love these episodes. So, you oh, know, I'm really happy about that. I'm a, are they not entertained? That's all I got to say, man. Are they not entertained? <laughs> Combo, I appreciate you, my man. Be safe, and uh, I know we'll talk soon. Yes, sir. Talk soon. Thanks, Max. Thank you to everyone who tunes into Combo's Court across the globe. Big shouts to Max for having me back on his show. It's always great talking basketball and more with Max on the MVP Combo Nation. Let me know how you feel about this episode by dropping a comment right on your Apple Podcast app or wherever you listen to Combo's Court. Rate and review the show as well. Be on the lookout for episode 200. Combo out.